there. You're listening to the Only Schoolers podcast. I'm Gina Prosh, and hanging out here with me as always is my co-host, Kristen Edwards. You know that's right. It's one of my favorite places to be. Welcome to the show, everyone. I feel like we should have some sort of fireworks sound effect because, believe it or not, the 4th of July is this weekend. Do you got any big barbecue plans, Gina? It is the glorious return of City of Loman Dame. It was canceled last year, but it's back this year with fireworks, church food stands, so I'm thinking we might head over that way as night starts to fall. But we especially want to celebrate our Only Schoolers podcast community. I feel like sending up a little firework flare each time I check our numbers because more and more listeners are joining us every week. Thank you so much for the tags on social media and passing the word along in your homeschool groups. We love seeing our Only Schoolers community grow. Yes, if I could, I would invite all of you listeners over to my house to eat hot dogs and corn on the cob with September and me this weekend. And then you could join us for a spectacular fireworks show that does not take place in my yard. We have to go somewhere else for it. But since I can't do that, I'll just say thank you so much for the tags on social media, like Gina said, and for passing along the word in your homeschool groups. We'd love everyone to be a member of our Only Schoolers community. You can find us on all the major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon. We all have, we always have new content on the first and third Thursdays of each month. And we also enjoy a good old fashioned email. So don't hesitate to drop us a line at onlyschoolers at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Yes. Now, I know I mentioned last month that we're gearing up to start sophomore year in August. And that means I have exactly one month to get organized. I'm pretty much there already, though, because I've been diligently filling out the pagers in my Only Schoolers Homeschool Planner. August and September are ready to go, and I don't really plan much beyond that at a single time anyway. This planner has so many pages that are helpful. It's pretty much anything you would think you would need. It's in there. If you still need a 21-22 planner, head on over to the Etsy shop. Grab the download. Yes, you can find it at etsy.com shop slash Only Schoolers. It is digital, toner-friendly, and available for the download. So just print what you need and get ready for a wonderful school year. (laughs) That always sounds so positive in July and August, you know, before we hit that post-holiday slump in January. Oh, yeah. There's something about the beginning of the school year, all the possibilities, so many new books and classes and ideas. It is really hard to believe this is my last year of homeschooling. Kind of exciting, but it also makes you the perfect person to talk with about our themes this week. We're up to the letter K, which, as I mentioned in our last episode, in my house right now, that stands for kitten. (laughs) So while I'm at an ending, you are at a beginning kitten stage, and it is definitely a cute kitten, not a teensy bit spoiled at all there. (laughs) <laughs> He's spoiled rotten already. <laughs> but you're right, it is a new beginning because our other cats are six, eight, nine years old. So this has been a reminder of how much energy kittens have. It's like having a miniature four-legged furry toddler running around. But all of this talk of endings and beginnings actually works well to introduce the K words we landed on for this episode. I think that one of them is going to surprise you guys out there. Yes, you should have seen us uh, sitting at the warming house at the rink thinking about perfect K words, you know. But we felt like we'd discuss kindness in our episodes and about belonging and encouragement. And we talked about kindred in the episode about connection. And we kept saying that we wanted something that was a little fresh to discuss with you. So when we land on these two words, it just kind of clicked. We're talking keeping and kleptomania. (laughs) 
And I know you're thinking, kleptomania? How on earth can that possibly be a homeschool theme? Well, first of all, you should know by now that Gina and I can make anything a homeschool theme. We're just really talented that way. But give me a second. I will connect the alliterative dots for you. Okay, so keeping, all right, that's fairly straightforward. Think keeping records, keeping a schedule, keeping your relationship in a positive place. We've got a few ideas that'll help you dive a little bit deeper into that theme. And whether you're at the beginning or the end of your homeschool journey or somewhere in the middle, there's always stuff to keep. But for our second one, <clears throat> we're not taking the medical diagnosis of kleptomania lightly by any means. We're talking the casual cultural use of that word. It gets us to the other theme that we want to dive into this week, which is basically taking ideas where, from wherever you can find them. So yeah, keep and take or keep and steal, yin and yang, keeping in kleptomania. Yep. And these are the perfect themes to talk about at this time of the year, because as we just said, for many of us, a new year is about to begin. There's lots of new opportunities. There's new goals. There's maybe some new pressures. Say if you're bumping up to middle school or high school, or in Gina's case, if you're graduating a homeschool senior, how do you create focus so you don't get overwhelmed? In simple terms, keep what you need and what you know works. And when you need something more, steal ideas and make them your own. Be a keeper and a homeschool kleptomaniac. That is a bumper sticker slogan if I have ever heard one. <laughs> so when we say keep, we've knocked around a few ideas on how to approach it. First, there are the logistical challenges that we all know as, what do I need to keep? We've got some ideas for you there. Then there's the idea of keeping routines and schedules, keeping the learning styles that you know work. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Oh my gosh, no. Now I know all the new bright and shiny homeschool methods seem like they're just the thing we need, but they're probably not. Ask me how I know. I'm looking at you, Morning Basket. Which leads me to the last keeping that we want to touch on, which is keeping your relationship with your kids in a good place. Because my foray into Morning Basket just about kiboshed us. And the relationship, I mean, keeping that, that's really at the heart of homeschooling, right? I mean, it is for me at least. So as you begin the new homeschool year, or if you're a year-round homeschooling family and you just kind of need a new direction at this midway point, we've got a few ideas. Okay, Gina, I know you've got some ideas about what do I need to keep? So why is a senior now? How much of his school stuff have you kept? Well, I talked about it in our last episode, our house, our small house, the one without a dedicated homeschool room. <laughs> uh, keeping is a real consideration. We do not want our house to end up looking like we are candidates for an episode of Hoarders. So we don't have room to keep everything. And over the years, I really have ditched the bulk of things from those elementary school, middle school years. In the past, anytime I develop a pile of things that we're finished with, I've tried to sell them at our local used curriculum sales or online in our homeschool group. This year, I'm in the process of organizing my going out of business sale. So it's a pretty serious purge that is happening around here. Woohoo, for you. Can I have some first looks? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So right now, I'm in the process of getting rid of lots of things. You know, and it's just such a strange mishmash of things that you end up with in this pile. I mean, books that I've used for co-op classes that I'm not going to teach again. There's art and craft supplies, games that we no longer play. 
A pair of black blue jeans he wore two times before a growth spurt rendered them way too short. Um, just so many odds and ends that are now making their way out of the house. And since we started homeschooling, we've used the tub method of record keeping where I throw everything into a tub. During his elementary and middle school years, I generally had two, one for this year that I'm filling up and one with everything from last year. Um, then at the beginning of the new school year, at the end of the old school year, I would sort through all the old stuff, keep a few samples, and then just like pitch, 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 pitch. Um, I always keep the journal of everything that my husband records, um, but most of the other stuff really does head out into the trash. Um, there's, a, there's just a limit to how much of any of that kind of stuff anyone needs to keep, especially if you've got more than one kid. I mean, I've got one and I've got a bunch of stuff. If you have two or three or four kids, have them help really, you. <laughs> oh, there's so much paper. Um, now, once he hit high school, I've heard keep the keep the the four years of high school stuff. But honestly, since we've become more of an unschooling household, the tubs have actually gotten more easy to handle because there's less busy work worksheet type stuff. I've been advised to keep all of that until Wyatt is settled in his future plans. So until he's accepted into college or trade school or whatever, just in case he needs something for some reason. But honestly, none of the parents, the homeschool parents that I've talked to have ever really needed any of their, their old homeschool stuff. It's just all sitting there in tubs. And definitely you want to check your state's requirements for what to keep and for how long you need to keep it. Right. So for instance, here in Missouri, it's really not that onerous. So the paperwork to save, I think it's pretty manageable and it doesn't take up a whole lot of space. It's basically just my planner book, a portfolio of some sample stuff, any evaluations. And those evaluations, it could be a math test. It could just be a written note about what we covered and any progress we made during the year and where I think we need to go next. What I keep beyond that, it's up to me. And I have some shelves in my basement. At the end of each year, I buy a medium-sized plastic tub, kind of like you. And I put everything that I think I want to keep into it. And then I label it with the grade and the year and I put it on the shelf. And it always kind of reminds me of this scene in the book um, toward the end of Little Women when Joe is looking through those trunks up in the attic and they're each carefully labeled with the name of one of the girls. And That ends up being the thing that inspires Joe to actually write her novel, right? Yeah. So yeah, maybe one of my plastic tubs will end up in my great American novel someday. I don't know. Plastic tubs just don't create that same imagery as little wooden trunks, though, do they? But anyway, sometimes when I'm feeling nostalgic, like Joe, I'll open up a tub from those early years and I'll sift through the papers and, you know, oh, it's so sweet. But then inevitably I'll find something and think, why on earth did I keep that? And then I just toss it at that time. Because for me, I'm really sentimental at the end of a year. But if you give me a little bit of time, a few months, a year, I'm all like, nah, we don't really need that. The one thing that I will never, ever, 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 ever toss is this booklet of poems that September wrote when she was in second grade. We had done this unit on all these different kinds of poetries. I think there were like 31 different styles, which I thought was crazy. But she came up with a poem for each style. And I typed them up and we designed this book and it was titled The Blue Hat Cat. Poems about cats, springtime, and life. And the blue hat cat was the, actually the title of one of the poems. And we just kind of liked how it was quirky for a book title. And then she also created some art to sort of illustrate some of the poems. And I will keep it forever. It is just this perfect little time capsule of who she was at that age. Oh, I have the exact same sort of thing. Um, a short story booklet 
that Wyatt made years ago called Elroy's Geese about this family of geese that we saw each day on our way home. And he wrote this little story and he drew these amazing drawings of the goose family, you know, and it's one of the things that is in my keep it forever files. But to get back to your plastic tub filing system and my similar one, those are just examples that lead to the next aspect of keeping. If you've got a system that works, keep it. If your daily routine is school in the morning and play in the afternoon and that works for you, do not change it. No, don't, don't. If you sleep late and you school in the afternoon or the evening, you do you. If you've discovered your kid focuses better on reading while sitting under the dining table, go for it. We've said it before, and I think we will say it probably every single episode, homeschools are individual. There is nothing that is going to look the same from one homeschool to the next. You have worked hard to figure out how your kids learn best. Do not change that up simply because something new, bright, and shiny sashays down the garden path. So Gina, what's your best example of a routine or a learning style that you kept for a while, or you at least kept it until keeping it just didn't suit you anymore? Well, here's one that we are right in the middle of right this moment. For years, we have kept a weekly schedule of school in the mornings and then the in the afternoons. It was a combination of different activities like ice skating lessons, co-op, archery, just whatever. And it worked really, really well. We kept that basic schedule from kindergarten all the way up through last summer, I guess. Um, but last summer, Wyatt got a part-time job working on the grounds crew at the country club. Now our mornings start much, much, much earlier because he's got to be at the club by 6 a.m. And he has gone from the house until the afternoon. So it's been this huge shift. Um, Rich and I are kind of adapting to that. We since we're up, we're taking an early morning walk to get some exercise and kind of restructuring our mornings and what we do. But it's been tricky for Wyatt because now the school projects that he's working on, so for instance, he's taking an online real estate course. All of that stuff has to happen later in the afternoons and evenings, and that's always been much more of his free time. So he's kind of learning how to create a new schedule for himself, to balance out his work and school, and what I see is all that ownership of education that we've been doing all along is paying off because we've been pretty much able to be hands off and he's been able to figure out a lot of this stuff for himself. That has got to be so gratifying to see that all the skills that he's learned in choosing his classes and his projects and everything that you've allowed since kindergarten, that's now allowing him to transition into this new adult phase of life. Exactly. And it's what we hoped for, but, you know, proof of concept is still a really good thing. <laughs> oh, it's working. It's working. Yay! Uh, what I trusted you? the process. <laughs> <laughs> right. What about you in September? Well, for us, we've kind of kept this system of two classes, then a 15-minute break. We just kind of started out doing it that way. Um, I was kind of Charlotte Mason inspired for a while when we first started and short classes with breaks were just the thing to do. So we did it. It really became this routine to our day. So obviously now the classes are a little bit longer because high school stuff takes longer, but we still just naturally think, okay, that was two classes. Let's break for a bit. 
And there have been times when I try to switch up our routine because some Facebook post or homeschool blog convinced me that this new thing is the best thing ever. And if you don't do it now, are you even homeschooling at all? Oh, I have been there. I have done that. And it usually ends with me looking at myself in the mirror going, what was I thinking? Yeah, because my system works. Why did I think I needed to toss it? As we've said, if you're a new homeschooler, it's really easy to become extremely susceptible to all the new ideas because you haven't quite figured out what to do yet. So sure, try out a new idea, but don't keep it if it truly doesn't work for you or Marie Kondo speak. If that new thing does not bring you joy, toss it out. You get to decide what to keep. So Morning Basket did not bring us joy. We did not keep it. Starting the day at 8 a.m., no joy, no keep. I don't care if you can get all your weed eating done before the sun comes up, <laughs> Georgina. <laughs> Not doing it. <laughs> Curriculum that's rigid with no room for inspiration or imagination. Nope, that's a big no. Not keeping that kind of stuff. We know what our Starbucks homeschool style is and we keep to it. Find the routine, the schedule, the learning style that works for your unique kid in your homeschool, then keep it. Because in the end, that's going to lead to the most important thing of all to keep, your relationship. If you are spending all day, every day with your kids, you want to have a relationship of love and respect and trust. And when they know you're doing your best for them, they do their best for you. I mean, both of us, we're now on this downhill slide of homeschool. You're at the very bottom. I'm about halfway down. But there have been lots of ups and downs along the way. Always making sure that I'm keeping our relationship strong, that's just always been a priority for me because homeschool is just one chapter in my life. I want to make sure September's in the whole book. How about you, Gina? How do you think prioritizing the relationship made the difference in your homeschool with Wyatt? Well, there are a couple of things. First, in the early days, there were a couple of times doing math when things became very loud and screechy, shall we say. Um, they were not, not great. And it was because I thought it was more important to push to get to some kind of arbitrary stopping point by Friday. And looking back, I asked myself, why did I think this? You know, who cares if we don't finish this chapter until next Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever? You know, it can really be hard to discard those old ingrained patterns of behavior. It's just holdovers from our own childhood. Now we did school. Get rid of it. Yes. It's like when I open my mouth and my mom jumps out and it's like, <laughs> oh, good Lord. I'm speaking from a script in my head that I didn't even know that was there. So as adults, it is so commonplace to hear you do you advice. I mean, we give it all the time here on the show, but when it comes to kids, I think there's this tendency to want to mold kids into sort of a, I'll do me and you do me too. Uh, I'm a writer. My husband is a writer. We are people who spend our days stringing words together. We hadn't been homeschooling very long when I realized why it was not a kid who enjoyed writing. You know, finding the precisely right word, you know, what my, Mark Twain saw as the difference between lightning bugs and lightning. And that was not his bliss. Uh, why it's an outdoorsy kid. Loves to hike, observe nature, build birdhouses, do landscaping projects, building and creating, things like that. Me, I'm more of a let-me-read-a-book-quilt-or-crochet kind of girl, but I do enjoy plants and gardening. So keeping the relationship means finding common ground where it exists and moving on from there. Why it likes to be outdoors, I like to garden. 
So we've spent so many great afternoons at a garden center or two or three or four garden centers around town, picking out a couple of plants here and a couple of plants there, bringing them home and getting them into the ground. Uh, he enjoys being my muscle and wielding a shovel or a chainsaw, and I am always grateful for that help. He likes to be outdoors geocaching. I value writing, and he really does need to know how to write sentences. So he's got to do a lot of his writing within the realm of geocaching. Now, how do I know all this work has made a difference? Well, a couple of times we've been out and about and I'll say, hey, I want to stop by the quilt shop. Want to go with me to pick up some fabric? Now, he's a 17-year-old guy and he's actually willing to come along. He will wander along with me in the yarn aisle at Hobby Lobby and if I ask his opinion, he'll, he'll tell me what he thinks. So you find this kind of common ground where you can and then you celebrate the differences. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's absolutely what we all need to do. And I know I've talked about this before, but one of my make-it-or-break-it relationship moments with my daughter came with books, with reading in particular. I love books. I inhale books. I always have a book with me. My daughter, she's, she's just not the same, but it's a very big but. She does love story, and those can be two very different things. Now, if I'd insisted that she be exactly like me, kind of like when you said, I'll do me, and then you need to do me too. Well, if I'd have done that and made her have a book in her hand 24-7, that would have destroyed our relationship immediately. Or at least it would have severely damaged it. Or it would have damaged her idea of reading for pleasure. I mean, there's lots of destroy and damage possibilities here. But instead, I chose to keep the relationship. I realized we could share our common love of a good story in a different way. We could watch movies. We could watch television shows. I know I've talked about this here before, about this common bond with our shows, this thing we share. I kept the thing we loved, stories. And in so doing, I kept the relationship. And to show you how strong this bond is, if you're a Marvel fan, you know that the Loki series started a few weeks ago on Disney+. Plus. If you're a longtime listener, you know how much my daughter loves this character and how I've grown to love him too. So we counted down until June 9th. I fixed Loki cupcakes. I fixed Loki soda floats. We settled in to watch it together that morning. And then we ended up discussing it all day because it was just like, wow, could you believe this and this? So, but at some point in the day, I took a nap. And so then we had this evening event. And then when we got back home, I was joking with her and I said, so how many times did you watch it while I was asleep this afternoon? And her reply, none. I was waiting to watch it again with you. And I was just like, oh, I mean, that's the kind of relationship that I want to keep always. So here's a question. Was this idea to develop a different relationship with story uniquely yours? Definitely not. And I see where you're going. No, I steal ideas with the best of them. I am definitely a homeschool kleptomaniac. The idea of building a culture around sharing books came from Sarah McKenzie. She developed the Read Aloud Revival awesome program. And for some of the middle grade years, the shared books based on her ideas were part of our routine. But kids changed. I mean, at least mine did. And reading aloud became less of this fun bonding thing for us. So about that time, I stumbled on Brave Writer, and Julie Bogart had this thing about watching a movie on Wednesdays. Instantly appealed to me. So I kind of kept that idea of creating a shared culture, but I stole the idea of using movies or TV shows instead of books, and voila, 
we have this new system. As my favorite college history professor used to joke, plagiarize, plagiarize, let absolutely nothing escape your eyes. And I would laugh, but it was just his way of saying, look at everything out there, then take what works for you. So have you stolen anything in your time as a home educator? True confessions. Um, I've always believed in that adage, work smarter, not harder. And it is so hard to come up with all the ideas for all the things all the time. So uh, one, of the, one of the important homeschool ideas I stole was actually something that I kind of stole from myself in my years um, being self-employed. Rich and I hadn't been in business long before we, we realized that we really needed a set of protocols for our business. You know, always get a signed contract, always get some money down as a deposit, always build 20% more time into the schedule, don't answer the phone on the first ring, um, don't make a habit of responding to emails too quickly because people will think you aren't busy, you know, it's different things like that. So we hadn't been homeschooling very long when I realized I needed to steal that business idea and develop a set of protocols for our homeschool, you know, basically our school rules. Because during a homeschool day, there are oodles of balls to juggle every single day. And if I'm reinventing the wheel all the time, it's just way too much. So here are some of the protocols that we've developed over the years for our homeschool. Um, like don't make plans without at least 24 hours notice. Don't order anything online unless you're able to get free returns. Don't have the uh, phone ringer on when you're working on a project. And don't buy any pencils other than... Ticonderoga Black! I know that one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Ticonderoga Black. You know, I definitely hope our listeners steal some ideas from us because we've got some really good uh, homeschool experience between the two of us beyond Ticonderoga Black pencils. And I hope the ideas that we're throwing out here can prove to be an inspiration to someone else that's out there. Oh, I do too. I mean, take our ideas, play with them, make them your own. I totally klepped out your idea of American history with a, with a Ken Burns documentary. I mean, we're not doing it exactly like you guys did, but that idea that, that seeing how you did it got me thinking about, well, how could I use it to suit us? So as I've been developing September's high school classes, I ask her what she wants to study because remember, we're all about ownership of education here. And then I just go hit up Google to figure out the details. So maybe I see that, oh, this program uses these books. Oh, this program adds these websites that somebody's already curated for me. I just steal all of those ideas to create a course that reflects exactly what she wants to learn. And obviously, we're not telling you to steal an idea and market it as your own. Don't do that. That's wrong. Wrong, wrong, um, wrong. <laughs> but... If you download something and the use agreement says that you can make 12 copies of the PDF, then go ahead, make up to your 12 copies. Um, don't make more than that. But take a good look at all the options that are out there, the different ways of doing things, of keeping records, of creating classes, scheduling classes, developing field trips. Read a bunch of homeschool books and learn how other people do school at their house. And then take all of that information and make it work for you at your house. So you plan the geography fair for our homeschool group each year, Kristen. Is that idea unique to you? Definitely not. I saw a blog about a homeschool geography fair, and I thought it would be fun because we were spending that year really focusing on geography here in our homeschool. So I poked around the internet for ideas about how to do one. I took an idea from here, there, everywhere. I included a few awesome twists of my own. And there you go. 
everyone who's participated so far has had a really good time. I'm getting ready to pass the torch on organizing it to someone else in, within our homeschool group. Will the next person do it like me? Probably not. But maybe they will steal some of my ideas, or maybe they'll find some other idea, ideas and give it a fresh approach. Either way, it'll still be fun. Because we don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. I guarantee somebody else already has. Like you with the geography fair, I used to manage our homeschool co-op. And I'm passing this, this off now. But the idea of a homeschool co-op is certainly nothing that I came up with. The JCHE co-op existed before I got there, and I certainly hope it's going to go on after I leave. I kept some of the things that worked, and I changed up some other things as I went along. I think a lot of the frustration and discouragement that we feel in homeschooling can come because we're trying to be something we're not, like we talked about in our last episode on jealousy. So if there's one thing we hope you take away from this episode, it's this. Create the homeschool that works for you. Take your ideas where you find them. Keep the parts that work for you and make those your own. Yes. So once upon a time, we were very much into Harry Potter and it was magical. And so in the wizarding game of Quidditch, there's a player called the Keeper. And his or her job is to protect these three goalposts at their end of the Quidditch field. And I kind of feel like that's what we're doing as homeschooling parents. We're protecting our goalposts, and that could be a metaphor for our homeschool, our lifestyle, our kids. We've got all these different goalposts. We're the keepers of everything, really. Documentations, routines, physical, emotional health, relationships, you name it, we keep it. It can be so hard along the way. Anytime we see ways to make our job easier, we take them. We figure out how to use them. We keep what works for us. That's how we homeschool. So listeners, have we said anything today that you want to keep in mind? Any idea that you want to steal and make your own? If so, please let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is OnlySchoolers in both those places. Tell us, how do you keep your records? How do you keep your routines, your relationships? And really, let us know how you've been a homeschool kleptomaniac. We might want to steal your idea. You can also email us at OnlySchoolers at gmail.com. You can find us on our website, OnlySchoolers.com. Thank you so much for listening. One of the things I know that Gina and I both want to keep is this wonderful Only Schoolers community that just keeps growing. Absolutely. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider supporting us financially. There are monthly expenses associated with keeping the podcast and all our back episodes up and running. So you can drop in a one-time donation at our Patreon page or become a regular sponsor. We certainly appreciate any support you can give us to keep the podcast happening. You could also pop over to the Etsy shop and grab some of the fun Only Schooler stuff that's available there. But most importantly, just keep spreading the word about the Only Schoolers podcast. Thanks so much for listening today. And we will be back in a couple of weeks with the letter L. So see ya later, alligator. Thank <laughs> you.